Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti with Salenti and the Judge. And today is March 23rd, 2022. And when I say we're honored to be with Judge Napolitano and that nobody says what he says with the authority and judicial background, what we're going to talk about today is going to prove it 100%. Because what we'll be talking about no one is saying, but it's big news, all avoided, buried, and bullshitted by the prostitutes and the media when the words come out of Biden and other people's mouths, they just take it and accept it. Like, again, like the cover of your, the Trends Journal, it's a shit show. It's a shit show. Shit News Network, people eat shit, they swallow the shit on TV and they listen to shithead politicians. They obey them. And the word is that Biden said Putin is a war criminal. And everybody buys it. And Judge Napolitano really discusses, is Putin a war criminal? And you begin by saying that President Joseph R. Biden caused a stir in the media last week when he called Russian President Vladimir Putin a war criminal. Biden's statement was apparently made to capitalize on the government's and the American media's, again, the American media's monolithic anti-Russian messaging. Is Putin a war criminal? In a word? No. Good morning, Gerald. A, a pleasure to be with you. Um, I, he, he must have been suggested to him to say that so to, so it would be picked up by others. I mean, he is a lawyer, at least nominally. I don't know if he's ever practiced law. You know, interestingly, just as an aside, when I was a very young professor at uh, Delaware Law School, there was an adjunct professor there, a part-time professor, who I got along with very well. The guy had a great personality and the students loved him, but the faculty thought he was an idiot and he had no business being on the law school faculty, but the deans were doing a favor to the local congressman. His name, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in fairness to him, he's got a great personality. We've been friends since then. We see each other on the Acela, the train that goes from Manhattan to DC all the time. But back to what he said, the concept of a war criminal, it means a human being who, who used the power uh, of the state uh, to violate laws that were written down and ratified and, and was tried before a tribunal that had the authority to try him. There is no such tribunal, and Joe Biden knows that. The uh, International Criminal Court in The Hague is the creature of a treaty not signed by Russia, Ukraine, China, or the United States. Uh, otherwise, they would have tried George W. Bush for uh, invading uh, Iraq and killing 850,000 people just to bring about regime change because Saddam tried to kill my daddy. Uh, the victors decide justice, or Harry Truman would have been prosecuted for murdering innocents within days of Japan's intended surrender by dropping bombs uh, on uh, or atomic bombs on civilian uh, targets. So this war criminal stuff is, um, should not be thrown around as cavalierly as old Joe has been throwing it around. 
even even the Nuremberg Tribunal was a was a makeshift court put together, rewrote laws ex post facto. Nobody defends the Nazis; they were monsters. What they did, but the the uh, efforts to to um, judge them was a legal fiction. This is what I'm saying to everyone: that nobody says what you say with the with the. Uh, the authority and the judicial background. You hear Nuremberg trial and right away you say, oh, wow, what they did. Oh, that was terrific. And, and you go on to mention that, that um, the phrase war criminal entered into the parlance from the Nuremberg trial of surviving high-ranking Nazi officials after the conclusion of World War II. Those trials allege that German government officials committed crimes against humanity. And, and you go on to say that these crimes alleged were invented ex post facto, a procedure expressively prohibited in the U.S. and were accepted by the American, British, and Soviet prosecutors and judges. In a bit of irony, the phrase crimes against humanity, this is great, was coined by Joseph, coined by Joseph Stalin's handpicked prosecutor. Again, what you're saying and saying with the authority and judicial background, nobody ever says this. And you go on to say, just imagine a court today where a prosecutor gets to write retroactive laws to apply to the defendants they are about to try. This is the culture out of the Nuremberg sprang and the jurisprudence is spawned. Notwithstanding the egregious unfairness of these trials, world opinion generally accepted them. And the American prosecutor, uh, Bob Jackson, who was a sitting justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, became an international celebrity <laughs> for applying laws that were written retroactively, even though he took an oath to uphold the Constitution, which prohibits that. Look, the point of the article is... The victors can do whatever they want and claim uh, that it. it's just. I suppose that if somebody kidnapped uh, Putin and dragged him before the Hague, it's almost inconceivable, but dragged him before the Hague uh, in the Netherlands, that they would put him on trial, even though they don't have jurisdiction over Russia and they don't have jurisdiction over him and they don't have jurisdiction over the Ukraine. I mean, you can't just proclaim that you have jurisdiction jurisdiction has to be given by a legitimate authority and the legitimate authorities in the united states china russia and ukraine said forget it we're not going to be tried by an international tribunal in fact that tribunal the other day was asked to issue an order telling putin to cease and desist well they don't have any authority to do that the vote was 13 to 2. The, the Russian judge and the Chinese judge dissented. But what evidence did they have before them? You know what the evidence was? What they watched on television. Well, what the hell kind of a court is that? Well, that's become the court of... Uh, look, do you remember uh, we did an article and we talked about it on one of our shows about in the United States, I think the number was 106 federal judges. And I think you told me there were like 600 or something and they were involved in, in cases in which they had interests, oh, financial yes, interests. Yes. yes, yes, I do remember that. That's a, that's a disgrace, and, and it's causing a lot of these trials to be uh, unwound and redone uh, retroactively. 
This is not to say that there was active corruption, but there's the appearance of an interest in the outcome if the judge is a shareholder in the corporation that's uh, uh, on trial before him. It's outrageous that these judges let this slip. It's not a judicial system. It's a political system. When that happens, yes. It's a political. Look how they run. They run as either Republicans or Democrats to get elected. Right? 37 states, judges are elected. You're quite right as Republicans or Democrats. I was fortunate enough uh, to have been appointed to a lifetime position in New Jersey, which has 400 uh, trial judges, roughly 200 Republicans and 200 Democrats. Yeah. So a Republican is supposed to succeed a Republican and a Democrat succeed a Democrat. Oh, that's, yeah, it's that's a, great. That's great. I Isn't mean, it's a great? basically non, nonpartisan system, as nonpartisan as you can get yeah. uh, in, in America today. But in other states, judges actually run for office promising to do certain things. I'm going to be rough on criminals. What does that mean? You're, you're, not, going to, you're not going to read the Bill of Rights? Again, look what happened. Look what happened with the COVID. You got that judge over there in New York. You know the guy. He, he, and he wouldn't let the guy free after, uh, uh, you know, the, the trial until he got uh, vaccinated. That judge is a friend of mine. He's a brilliant and gifted judge, but his head, I've told this to him, his head was not in the right place. What uh, disgusting. It was, it was reprehensible. He, he, like a lot of America, you and I have talked about this, Gerald. In, in my view, and I think you agree, the most surprising thing about COVID was not what the government did. I expect the government to be tyrannical. It was the fact that the public accepted it, yep. that the public became a nation of sheep, that the resistance was minimal, and that the police went along with it. The Soviet Union fell when, uh, when Gorbachev could no longer afford to pay the soldiers uh, and the police. Now, the federal government may fall that way sometime, too. But, but a police who took an oath to uphold the Constitution should not have been enforcing those draconian laws. It's just disgusting. You know, I, I interrogated a group of state troopers in New Jersey. And I said to them, do you guys remember day one in the academy, rule number one? It is unlawful to obey an unlawful order? And one of them said, you're right, Judge, but nobody wants to be the first one to challenge that, to test yeah. it. So get, Isn't that disgusting? See that gun, you see that badge? That's why you have the gun and the badge. Yeah. Because you're supposed to have the courage to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, going back to your article over here, you said the baseline natural law principle is that is the non-aggressive principle, NAP. It teaches that all initiated or threatened aggression, including from government, is inherently wrong as a violation of natural laws, natural rights of the victim. Thus, only defensive wars are just. So Murray so, Rothbard, who, who coined all that, argued that the only American war that was just was the revolution. It was truly a defensive war. We seceded. The British troops came over here to try and kill us so that we would come back to obeying the king. That was a just war. Everything else was a war of aggression. Oh, so now let's go back to little boy Biden, a guy that's been sucking off the public tit for 50 years, calling Putin a war criminal. 
So what you just said about the concept of a just war, then how about you mention Bush? How about Clinton? What he did to Iraq, bombing the hell out of it, killing over 500,000 Iraqi children under the age of five, and anybody could Google it up, Madeleine Albright, she was UN ambassador at the time, on 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl, uh, is the price of 500,000 Iraqi children under the age of five worth the sanctions and the bombings? And Madeleine Albright says, yes, it was. How about that being a war criminal? How about, how about the Nobel Peace of Crap Prize winner, Barack Obama? Not my words, his words. Gaddafi has to go. Oh, you mean the guy in Libya that was running the place that was the richest country in, 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 in Africa and the people had more rights and benefits than a lot of places around the world? How about him being a war criminal? Oh, wait, Absolutely. I forgot. How about him saying the Syrian president... Assad has to go. Are they war criminals? How come Biden's not calling a spade a spade? So you, you and I have both had the pleasure uh, of interviewing Colonel uh, Douglas McGregor and uh, the former great CIA patriot, Phil Giraldi. And they both are of the view that the goal of the American globalist establishment, which has been running uh, the State Department since the end of World War II, the only person who tried to disrupt uh, that was Donald Trump, and he did not succeed, that their goal is regime change in Russia because they basically want sort of a one-world government. I don't think that's going to happen in, in your lifetime or mine, but that is at least their goal. So it's the same mentality, my point. Madeleine Albright has the same mentality as Antony Blinken, her current day uh, successor. They want war because they want to kill Putin. Biden and, or excuse me, Obama and Hillary wanted to kill Gaddafi and wanted to take credit for liberating uh, Libya. Liberating it? They destroyed it. They not only killed him horrifically, can't even say on air how he died. Uh, but they destroyed the country, they destroyed its infrastructure. Not by a declaration of war no. by the Congress, because Libya was no threat to the United States whatsoever. In fact, we were, we're buying oil from them. Uh, but just by the whim and the wish of the globalist mentality uh, in the State Department and in the White House. So when you're Who was saying- Vice President whispering into Obama's ear? Biden. Yeah. So now what you're saying with the globalist mentality, the people in charge, we are on the cusp. I, I believe it's already begun, World War III. Being that that's their agenda, and that's what they want. Again, <clears throat> you're not going to beat the Russians. Get this in your head, everybody. Here, these are the headlines of the stories, right? <clears throat> New York Times. Ukraine mounts counterattacks as Russia pounds cities. Did they have these kind of headlines? America, uh, 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 Iraq mounts counterattacks as America pounds cities? Did they have the headline, Afghans mount counterattacks as American pounds cities? No. 
Look, look, part of the uh, globalist mentality subsumes the media. I'm sorry to say even, even the media entity for which I once worked for 24 years, they're all part, at least with respect to this war, they're all part uh, of the same mentality. Um, do you know how many American troops are in Europe right now? More than 100,000. And they're bringing what more. What the hell are they doing there? What the hell are they doing there? Unless they're, unless they're ready, willing, and able to light the match that will start the conflagration with Putin. Again, you mentioned what the troops there, the news today, more American troops and NATO troops going into Hungary, Slovakia, and Poland. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Oh, oh, and here's the best thing. These arrogant, arrogant boys haven't won a war since World War II, killed tens of millions of people, and now we got another strategy to defeat the Russians? Oh, and how about talking about arrogant pieces of garbage scum crap? I forgot. What's that guy's name? Um, no, 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 the guy... <laughs> the, uh, the one that wants to assassinate Lindsey Graham, wants to assassinate oh, Putin? Yeah. Wants to assassinate Putin? Oh, oh, and yeah. again, here, another one. I, I gave you some of the headlines here. Did I give you... Uh, here, Russian shells blanket Ukrainian capital and port city. You, hey, 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 Lindsey Graham, how about American shells blanket Afghan... Capital, how about American shells blanket Iraq capital? How about American shells blanket Libyan capital? Now, he, he never met a war he didn't like, and he's bitter. And he manifested that bitterness yesterday and surprisingly stormed out of the confirmation hearings of Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson to... Uh, be appointed to the Supreme Court over a dispute over Afghanistan, which has nothing whatsoever to do with the Supreme Court. He got in a pissing contest with a liberal Democrat, uh, Dick Durbin, and he stormed out of the hearing because Afghanistan is now being run uh, by the Taliban. Afghanistan, uh, on which George W. wasted two trillion, two trillion borrowed American dollars. Yeah. Two trillion dollars, the, the Iraq war, another couple of trillion dollars. Again, it was General Dwight D. Eisenhower, five-star general, supreme commander of the Allied forces, warning the American people at his farewell address in January 1961 that the military-industrial complex was robbing the nation of the genius of the scientists, the sweat of the laborers, and the future of the children. And here we are. And, the, and today, the headline news in, in the Cartoon News Network, CNN, is that guy Buttigieg. Another little piece of scum garbage, nothing of a boy, or maybe something, I don't know, a nothing. We're going to give $2.9 billion to cities to help rebuild their infrastructure. That's the headline. $2.9 billion. You just said 13, almost $14 billion of more war equipment to, to Ukraine to fight a losing war and kill more people, and you're bragging about a lousy $2.9 billion? 
and you got a defense budget when you put the intelligence into it? No intelligence. What's over a trillion bucks a year? Right. right, and that's interesting you say when you put the intelligence in it, because even though the Constitution says no money shall be spent from the Treasury except as is publicly recorded, publicly recorded, nobody knows what the intelligence budget is. Nobody knows how much money they spend. You've just estimated 250 billion, which brings the defense 750 billion up to a trillion. That's actually a pretty conservative and charitable estimate, Gerald. <laughs> I shouldn't Again. laugh because James Madison foresaw a lot of this by saying, hey, Congress, Mr. President, Madam President, you can't spend a nickel without reporting it. Try and find out what the CIA's budget is. You'll be pulling your hair out. You can't find it. Ah, what are we going to do? Uh, someday the American, the federal government will fall like an overripe apple. Uh, we'll break off into smaller republics. If you're in the Northeast where you and I are, it'll be the People's Republic of whatever. If you're in Texas or Florida, there'll be a lot more respect for uh, uh, personal liberty. I think that uh, we need states to begin <clears throat> to nullify uh, what the federal government has been doing. It's, it's happening slowly and maybe even secede. There's nothing that would <clears throat> wake up the federal government more than if parts of this country legally were no longer subject to it and financially no longer had to pay its bills. You know, I had a dear friend, May, rest in peace. He died too young. His name was Thomas Naylor. Do you remember him? I know the name, Charles. Thomas Naylor started the Second Vermont Republic. He oh, yeah. What <clears throat> a gentleman. What a kind man. He used to come up to, when we used to have rallies and things and parties, and a kind guy and guy, and he was brilliant. He was a, um, uh, 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 ah, born in Mississippi. He saw, you know, he saw racism as a young kid, you know, and, um, professor emeritus at Duke University, and he was pushing for the secessionist movement in, in Vermont, and it was growing very strong. <clears throat> yes, it was. And all of a sudden, boom, he died of unexpected whatever. And uh, who knows? Now, we need a new, and I'm saying to everyone listening, we are on the verge of World War III. And the economy is going to, this inflation is destroying the lives and livelihoods of people all around the world with these moronic sanctions that have been put on the people. And as you pointed out last week, these sanctions are illegal and they're criminal. I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I don't. No, you're not putting words in my mouth, but the Constitution protects persons, not just Americans. The federal government has seized property and frozen assets of persons. They happen to be Russians. Now the sanctions are interfering with American commercial uh, enterprise. If you and I were importers of Russian vodka and we had paid the vodka manufacturers in Moscow, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to ship the vodka here, the feds are seizing the vodka at Port Newark and sending it back. Well, that's prohibited by the Constitution, but that's what Joe Biden's doing, not by legislation, but by edict. It's profoundly 
unconstitutional. And do they work? Take a look at Cuba. We've had sanctions on Cuba since 1962. They still drive Chevys that were made in 56. And the government is as repressive as ever. Have the sanctions worked? Of course not. They never do. No, they haven't worked with Iran. They haven't worked with Venezuela. They don't work. They only hurt the people. Judge, Correct. we need someone like you to be the leader of freedom, peace, and justice because you are a man of freedom, uh, a judge, I should say, of freedom, a man of peace, and you are really someone that knows about justice that very, very few know in detail about the Constitution, our rights, and what is being stolen from us and what we should get back. Thank you so much for being on. Everyone listening, uh, what you're hearing, you're not hearing anywhere else. So thank you so much, Judge Andrew Napolitano. And everyone also think about uh, donating to Occupy Peace. And that's OccupyPeace.com because if we don't have peace, we're going to have hell on earth. Thank you, Judge. Thank you, Gerald. All the best.